Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of season three of Blurt Thoughts. Um, I'm Stephanie and we have Azri as well. Hi Azri. Hi Stephanie, how are you today? Uh, I'm lethargic and mm. lazy. It might be just the London weather though. How are you today? I'm tired. I just came back from teaching, <laughs> teaching very, very rambunctious teenagers. But yeah, good day all in all. Right. So today's episode is about boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the best way to start this episode is actually talk about the book a little bit, because the whole um, the, the the entire book that Azri's written, which is called Ring of Promise, um, is centered around a friendship. So Azri, would you like to tell us more about this friendship dynamic? Yeah, I think there there are a few that really are very important to me. The main ones would be between Alex and Blue. So I think they struggle with the main thing that a lot of guys struggle with. Like when two guys try to be close, it's always seen as gay and disgusting and inappropriate. And I try to reflect a lot of that in, in the writing. Like Blue mm-hmm. actually treats Alex like a best friend, but Alex doesn't think so. And so it's always this weird push and pull going on because like they never really know where they stand and they're afraid to talk about it because it's seen as gay and disgusting. Um, then we also have uh, the sort of like the male dynamic when it's another... Okay, 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 let me explain. So there is a character in the book called June who has a terminal stage of cancer. And he is one of Alex's schoolmates. And so Alex is always struggling to like, you know, how do I help this sort of stranger, sort of not really stranger because it's my schoolmate. He is someone I feel strongly about because he's going through this terrible disease. I want to be there for him, but I don't really know whether I have the right to because we're not really friends. Mm -hmm. So I try to explore all of that because I think when it's guys, it gets really, really convoluted and confusing because... As we've discussed in previous episodes, a lot of it boils down to guys not really addressing their emotions. So I I really wanted to expound on that as much as possible in the book and maybe give people Mm -hmm. a safe space to think about their own friendships. Because, of course, I'm not saying that straight friendships or, you know, um, lesbian friendships or any other relationships are easy, but that's sort of like the friendships I've always been privy to and I've always witnessed and experienced. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about that in my book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's quite interesting how um, you're saying about Alex trying to be close friends with um, Jun um, because of out of kind of empathy or yeah. um, trying to like, you know, help someone when someone's in need, but also kind of restraining themselves because you don't want to be seen mm-hmm. as being way too close and, um, and gay. Um, and do you like where does that? stem from do you think that worry or like where does it start or how does it start for me personally or in general both uh, for me personally at first it was very simple things like like you know, i remember like when i was really young and just noticing something positive like for example um i think i was like 11 or 12 and like there was this male classmate who was really good at basketball. And I remember just saying like, oh my God, you're really good at basketball. Like you, you're really fit. I just said that. And oh my God, you would have thought that I just, I don't know, tried to rape him or something on the basketball court because (laughs) he looked so disgusted and offended that I had even said that he was fit. And 
I think that really, really affected me in the sense that I, I immediately like, keep all compliments to myself. I'm always so afraid to say anything because I did not want to be in that position where people thought that I was trying to be sexually inappropriate or anything. And I don't know mm. whether it's because they were threatened by me or they thought that I wasn't manly enough to give another man a compliment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not really sure. But I-, I don't understand it as well. I think you use a very good word where you said empathy. Like, that's what I, I always think I feel. Like, every time I see someone do something amazing, guy, girl, young, old, I always want to compliment them and encourage them. But if I compliment mm-hmm. a guy, it's gay. If I compliment a woman, I'm interested in her. And I don't know whether that's a, a human thing or an Asian thing or just I'm mm. surrounded by fucked up people thing. So, <laughs> yeah, help me out here. I think the last one, surrounded by fucked up people thing, because I think, I think what you always tell us, right, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, mm. And It's like I, my favourite line. I don't line. know. Like, yeah, it's your favourite line. Um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, like, I think it comes back to the point about where... But it's... So I'm like, I'm like, I have like multiple thoughts running through my head now, which is why I'm like, where do I begin? Um, Yeah, it's kind of like interesting when you say, when you compliment a guy, you're interested in him. If you compliment a girl, you're interested in her. But you you never kind of see that in a female friendship. Yeah, exactly, Um, exactly. If girls kind of, but then again, if a girl compliments a guy, then maybe she might be interested in him when actually she may not actually be. So do you think it's because people always assume or like i think it also like when we talk about friends we talked about boy and boy but also Mm -hmm. like this this whole thing about having boy girl really friendships when a lot of people think that it's never gonna happen because um a straight guy and a straight girl can never can there must be something in it for them to get along together at a in a more platonic way um or like there will be one person who's always going to feel some feelings and stuff like that. Um, I personally don't know like how, like I've seen people in, in really good platonic friendships between like a straight guy and a straight girl. Um, But there, there will be points in that friendship where someone's interested in each other, but it's not to a point where it's going to be a boyfriend, girlfriend type of a relationship or anything like that. Um, and I think it's maybe, I don't know, I feel like, and I don't think it's just the Asian society, I think I see it here in London as well, um, where people kind of just assume if a guy and a girl are hanging out together, there must be something mm, going on. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, when you say like, if two guys are getting way too close, um, they might assume that it's gay. But actually, now I'm like saying multiple points again. Um, I've seen that happen when I was younger, mm. but at my workplace, I've seen people openly compliment each other, like guys at guys, and it's seen more friendly between straight guys and gay guys. So I don't know whether it it's from a maturity point of view. I don't know what you think. Like, and that could probably apply to like boys and girls as well. Hmm. Those are very interesting points, but also very difficult points because uh, mm-hmm. you brought up very good points. Okay, let's let's start at the beginning of what you said. You said that uh, a lot of it, you know, is very suggestive that it's re- leading to a relationship. 
And mm. this is where I think it's a male mentality. And let me explain. You know, just today I told you I was teaching a bunch of students. Uh, they were all they were all males, boys. You know, sixteen. And I called out. I called the class out because uh, they were being really rude to each other. And these are guys who have been friends for four years. And I said that, you know, there's, there's, there's a joke. You know, you guys can joke, but I think you guys are crossing a line because they were saying things like calling each other stupid, idiotic, um, like just mm. terms that I felt were a bit too derogatory for friendship. And mm. immediately one boy, you know, just rebuts and says that, sir, there's a difference because these are just my friends. I don't have to care about their feelings. But if it's my girlfriend, then I will change the way I speak. And I'm like... Why would you say that? Because I would think, I would think, right, you would, it would be easier for you to take care of your friend's emotions because you, the standards are not, are not as high. You know what I mean? But if it's mm. someone you love, whether it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever, wh- whomever you're interested in, the standards are way higher. The stakes are greatly raised. So, wouldn't mm. you practice taking care of your friend's emotions first so that you're better equipped when you have a relationship? And then he was like, no, I don't think so. I think that when I love someone, I automatically know what it's like. And I'm like, emotions are not that easy, honey. You think it's easy, honey. It's not. Sorry, you want to just jump in? No, I was going to say, like, it's interesting how love is only used in the context of a romantic relationship and yeah. that guy is 16 when you actually can love your friends as well mm. um because the f- friendship is a kind of love i think it's it's quite interesting when and it, it, it's probably kind of like something that's ingrained in you mm, i don't yeah. know like he's only 16 and for him to like claim that oh if i'm in love i'll do that but like your friend don't you love your friends like where does that yeah i've asked i've asked him like don't you love your friends and he mm-hmm. says he says immediately no and i can tell it's not the no like not the you know sort of um i hate them yeah <laughs> yeah not that i hate them but more like oh it's disgusting like you know that there's that underlying fear of being labeled as gay so I feel mm-hmm. like that's why I, I wanted to talk about this. I thought this was a really interesting topic for this episode because I always found it really, really weird. Because, see, see, that's the thing. I've always maintained, like, when straight guys freak out when I say I love them, I'm like, honey, it doesn't mean I'm going to jump you. I'm not interested in jumping you. Like, <laughs> you have nothing... No offense, but, you know, I'm not really interested in jumping you in that way. Like, I love you because you're an awesome friend who's dependable, who's reliable, who's trustworthy. You know, and I love you for that. But it doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to strip you naked and tie you to a post and, like, you know, make love to you. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the deal. But for some reason, that's what a lot of guys think. That's what a lot of guys mm-hmm. think. And, and you know, to, to save grace, I'm not saying that it's just straight guys. Gay guys do that too. Because the moment gay guys get close, they immediately think like, you know, sex is a topic. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it's been this, like you said, ingrained for so long that it's become the norm. And I think it's really sad because I really feel like a lot of male-male friendships can be a lot stronger, but they aren't because of this fear. And that's mm-hmm. why they immediately distance themselves way before they ever understand what real best friends is like and it sort of spills over because i see them get into relationships and stuff where they don't really know how to interact because like i said right if you can't interact with your friends and get close on an emotional level how on earth do you think you can do that 
with a girl who you find complicated. That's what straight guys always say. Oh, women are complicated. Women are complicated. I'm like, dude, you say women are complicated, but you're not willing to deal with uncomplicated male friends. What kind of hypocrite are you? Sorry, I just like started ranting. <laughs> and I could see as you like just blowing up and blowing up on camera. Um, <laughs> now, as you were talking, like I think um, I was just going to ask, I'm like whether it's straight, straight or straight gay male friendships. Do you think it's more of a when you have more time with them, or like you know how like I think about this sometimes. Like I've known you for like. 10 years probably and I've known my female friend for like 15 years like two close friends that I've like like have a very open relationship with where we share everything and have a Mm. like emotional connection with do you think that's something that's built over time um rather than when you're 16 you're probably you're still in that awkward phase of not knowing where you stand or how friends would think about you but then as you grow older you know you identify people that um would accept you for who you are and and then that whole gender thing doesn't actually matter it's about do you think it's kind of it takes time to build that kind of trust and relationship or friendship and do you think that exists with males or like do you think people just stop like i don't know like Uh, you and nigel for example i don't know i think okay personally i think it's your circumstances and your choices okay let me explain for mm-hmm. me because i was bullied a lot i didn't have a lot of friends mm-hmm. of course of course there were some things i did i uh growing up i was very insensitive in my speech and etiquette so maybe you know that also scared people off and that's why some people didn't want to be friends with me but when i started changing and stuff and when i entered high school people secondary school or high school whatever you prefer uh, you know, I was bullied a lot because of my looks and my size and my voice and my behavior. And I just, I just wasn't wanted. I, I really didn't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And the friends I did have, I knew I wanted them. I really knew I wanted to cherish them. Like, it got to a point where I would ask them, like, can I please treat you as, like, my best friend? Like, one of my best friends. Like, I would ask people that because, like, it, it just meant so much to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I realized like it was all in my head because like, you know, I would hold on and hold on and hold on to them and then they would be bitching about me online or, you know, insulting me, mm-hmm. gossiping and all that stuff. So I think for me, that was circumstances. Um, then I also think it's choices. That was, that was my second point. I think it's choices in the sense that do you appreciate the value of friendship? Because I think sometimes like you don't really know what friendship can give you. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, when you get into a relationship, you never really know the value until you really experience it for yourself, until you've experienced hurdles and challenges and good times and bad times. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they say about marriage, right? Like, you you think it's one thing and then you get into it and then it's a whole other experience and so mm-hmm. enriching and so challenging at times. And I think it's the same with friendships, but you have to make the choice because to experience the highs and lows and all the good that friendship can bring, you have to hold on to your friendships. But now, because of technology and social media, which I always speak up vehemently against, not in a not completely in a bad way, that people have sort mm-hmm. of like not really appreciated friendship to the level that you need to to really experience wholesome friendships. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like Stephanie brought up Nigel, and you know, just yesterday Nigel texted me saying that you know, um, do you want to call and talk? 
being very honest, I don't remember a time Nigel and I had to ask each other for permission. Like, previously, he would just call me, I would just call him. But because we've sort of like, you know, drifted, you know, because he's so busy with work and all that stuff, like, we can't really make time. Mm -hmm. It's gotten to that point, like, we're asking for permission. And so, Nigel says that, you know, we're close it's it's effort over time, you know, like you can't just stop mm. and assume that, okay, we've been friends for, for 15 years, so we can just let it be. No, I think anything, you neglect anything, it breaks apart. Friendship is the same thing. And, you know, some people argue, they, they, they show me memes about how, oh, you know, the best friendships are the kind that you can disappear for 10 years and come back and talk like nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah, okay, but talking about what has going, gone on in your life and asking your friend for help because your mother is sick with cancer is like a totally different thing. You, you mm. won't ask a friend that you've disappeared for, that you've ghosted for it 10 means, years yeah. to ask them for help with your dying mother. It's not the same. And people never get that. And it really drives me, it really makes me upset because I don't want people to regret it when it's too late. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like especially with coronavirus, you see so many young people dying whether it's directly from COVID, whether it's from suicide because of economic depression, whether it's from drug abuse, like what, what bigger warning do you need? And people still just take it, you know. But I also know that because I keep tooting, I keep screaming and yelling and squawking about it. I sound like a crazy person. So I've gotten, like nowadays, I really just keep quiet. I just, like, you know, mm -hmm. people want to ignore their friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. My best friend has mm -hmm. ignored me for the past two one month ish nigel and i haven't talked in super long i'm like okay yeah i think what you said about circumstance and choices um i think like i am an extremely private person like i don't really share everything with everyone and i think i was like that for most of my life because i i didn't think anyone would understand or like like it's a bit like you in a from a different point of view, yeah. like you were bullied, so you are afraid to talk about it. But I was just kind of afraid of people just not getting it or like ins not insulting me, but just not like undermining how I would feel. Um, and then it got to a point where like, I think some of my, f I, not, they wouldn't tell me directly, but they, 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 I would like hear about things, people saying that, oh, um, she wants to listen to everything, but she doesn't want to share. But it was never that point because I, right. I'm the kind of person who felt that I should never burden someone with whatever I'm thinking about. That, that's just who I am. And I think it gets to a point where then you, and then you're like, maybe I should make a choice. And it's kind of like you make the choice of finding the people you think would it, it, not invest the time, as you said, like who you know that will yeah. put in the effort. Like it's a mutual effort and time yeah. situation. And I think, and that's why I was kind of like, it probably comes with time and maturity. And as you say, and uh, along those times, it's kind of the choices you make to keep people in and in or out of your life. But I also kind of need to say that I think this is not just a friendship thing, but generally in relationship, it's kind of sometimes. I guess people also need time for themselves to reflect and like, like my best friend was so busy with whatever she was doing. Mm. Um, and then she would go away, not texting me for a few days, but I knew she was going through something. Mm. Um, and I, I think sometimes it's kind of understanding, not compromise, but kind of recognizing that they also have something beyond them. And I guess circling back, just to kind of talk about 
male to male friendships do you think it's because because we talked about in kind of previous episodes do you think it's because most men prefer to deal with whatever they're going through in private rather than sharing um and because of that they then when when it comes to kind of building true friendships they are not comfort it comes with comfort right like i think for mm. me it comes with over time i've built comfort with people but is it harder for males to build that kind of comfort with friends mm. wow yeah i'm like thinking this true yeah i'm not to put you on the spot it's kind of like and maybe and do you think it's a gender thing though maybe it's just a personality thing i don't know like it see that's the thing because like i feel that you're right in the sense that yeah a lot of guys like to sort of keep to themselves and all that stuff but then i've also noticed there are some males male or guys that are willing to talk about problems with each other but it's always like when it's really bad like when i've noticed guys talking about it it's like someone in the group of friends has cancer someone in the group of friends just had a family death um getting mm-hmm. married uh complications with the birth of a child you know like really major stuff and i understand that right it's sort of like you're hard pressed you really need a social support hmm it just feels I-, i feel really mean saying this it just feels like it's a very last minute sos sort of thing like you know okay mm-hmm. my world is going up in smoke and ashes i need you guys i'm like why not build a stable foundation going onwards because you know how bad it is right you as as a guy who sort of kept everything pent up you know how how difficult it is why wouldn't you try i'm not saying like you know to stand on a stage and scream to the whole world that you want to be close friends but i'm sure with your closest friend like you could start there with that with that one conversation just testing the waters but mm. no one does it because of fear of being yeah. emasculated and feeling smaller than they actually are so maybe i think that's the problem to circle back to your point also stephen you said that you know you have friends who also don't talk because they're busy and all that stuff now I, i'm i i'm totally not saying that you know it's wrong to be busy you know i know how difficult careers can be juggling whatever family friends career is difficult but i think that you can update your friend right with technology just text them hey i'm going to be busy in the next few days uh so i'm going to be quiet i think we all appreciate that because with with how scary the world is you don't know whether your friend just mm. keeled over and died in an accident like just mm. say something so your friend doesn't have to worry and reply mm. your friend if your friend checks in on mm. you like you know how long does it take to reply hey i'm busy with a project i'll text you in 2 days that takes maybe mm. 15 seconds just a simple text to update your friend I just it just drives me crazy when my friend will tell me that they're busy and then I go online on social media just to, just to check for fun and they're posting whoa photos after photos after photos of perfectly edited stuff that they are doing right now and I'm like wow it, I mean it breaks your heart right It's okay it breaks friend. it breaks yeah. my heart it breaks my heart I admit that yeah yeah so yeah yeah I think two things there I think what you were saying about fear do you think is it a fear of emasculation or do you think it's a fear of 
just being afraid to be vulnerable because I think I'm not male but I've done that before like I never shared anything very personal with with anyone in general Mm -hmm. um and if you ask me why I honestly can't tell why it's just because I just never like I still don't like I like I'm say to very close friends but I don't really talk about it that much so do you think it's really emasculation or do you think it's fear Mm, maybe it's both you know you know when you first said that I'm not really male either I felt like interrupting you and said honey I'm not really male either but okay uh, just a joke just a joke but um (laughs) which is why I was asking the question like is, is it a gender thing or is it more like a personality thing Maybe it's harder for okay, men why, to open why, up. But... Why do you why do you feel fear or why do you or any of your friends, uh, if ever you've had this conversation, feel that discomfort about sharing? What's the main issue? Now he's like psychotherapying me on, on live on this <laughs> podcast. Then. No, because because <laughs> I think it's 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 important to get your point of view, right? Because otherwise this will just be like the Stephanie show and I'm just like here ranting, ranting and ranting. But, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, it's better that you get your view in as well. I think for me personally, like, I mean, I had friends when I was in secondary school, um, junior college, high school, whatever, uni. Um, But I, like, I think, like, I never actually had, never felt like I had a true friend that I could actually share anything with. And then I, and then it got to a point where I realized it's actually my fault and not everyone else's fault. But for me, it was like, I didn't want to share my problems or anything with anyone because it felt like I was burdening them. Like if I share my, my thing with someone, it just ruins their day. And it's kind of like, mm. I didn't want to add burden to someone else. Right. Um, and I still do that sometimes. Um, but I'm better at it because I realize it's not just me living in this world. Like everyone has problems and everyone has issues and mm. we survive in this world by supporting each other. Like, like I recognize that now, but back then when I was a teenager, even in my twenties, like <laughs> now that I'm 30 now, I'm like twenties, um, like, <laughs> like early twenties. Um, like I never, yeah, it, it, it was, it was just hard for me to talk about it. Cause it's just, it, it melt, made me feel vulnerable and I didn't want to burden someone, that's probably it. And it's not a matter of I didn't want to share anything or I didn't want to like let anyone know. Like some people take offense to it, but I don't mean it. Like I never meant it in an offensive way. Like I, I'm like, I, I just want to listen to all of your problems and I won't tell you mine. Like it was never that. Like it was more like you're telling me your problems. You're already suffering. Why would I add on my shit to your shit? Like that was the that was the thing, but then I realized they were adding shit to my shit as well, and I was fine with it because mm. I was trying to help them. Yeah, and I think that was kind of a turning point for me. But th- that's why I'm saying, like, is it? Do you think maybe from a man, like to to say something that's affecting them personally and be vulnerable feels like they're being emasculated? I don't know. Is it, <laughs> or is it just fear of just kind of being vulnerable? Okay, no, I was waiting for your signal because I don't know whether you were done. So I was oh. just like, okay. No, um, actually, I think you sort of gave the answer. Uh, you said that at one point when you were younger, you didn't realize that everyone has problems. And so by talking to your friends, you were sort of piling onto their plate with your problems, which you felt was unnecessary. So mm. I think it's not really so much emasculation or vulnerability. 
I mean, maybe it is. Mm. Maybe it's partially a mix of those factors. Mm-hmm. But maybe guys don't realize that everyone is struggling and in pain in some way. I think it's sort of like the episode we did on emotions. Like they don't. And yeah. Even as they start growing older. Do you, which is why I was kind of asking that question about do you think it's a maturity thing because I think for me what was quite eye-opening when I started working in the current company I work with there there are a lot of guys who have joined the company when they were fresh grads and like you can see them openly sharing things and like complimenting each other I'm not saying like deeply emotional actually to be fair there has been like like people just opening up about how a miscarriage has affected them which I don't think I would have seen in Singapore. Mm. Like a guy, like I've heard women talk about it. And even then, like it's hard for women to talk about it, but like a guy talking about it. Um, so, which is why I was kind of like, is it a maturity thing that you recognize that it's okay to, I don't know. I'm not saying that men in Singapore are immature, but I'm just kind of saying like, is it, as we just like, hmm, maybe you're onto something, but yeah. <laughs> no, because when you said that, because you know I have a lot of female friends more than I do male friends and mm-hmm. like like when you said that it really clicked in my head because suddenly all the episodes where my female friends will call me and start screaming about how guys are immature in Singapore like suddenly I'm like oh oh okay mm, oh. okay that's interesting um is it an age thing see that's the thing Stephanie do you think it's really an age Maturity thing because yeah, exactly. It's not really an age thing. I think it's a learned thing, which is why I I said mm. earlier, I feel it's a choice, right? Whether it's mm. friendships or with this, because you you choose to learn, right? Like, I, I never liked the whole um, leopard never changed its spots or you can teach an old dog new tricks. Like, it's so narrow in that sense sometimes. Like, I think mm. it's, it's, it's based on every individual. It's really their choice. Are they going to learn and be better? When you said, um, okay, I, I can't remember specifically what you said. I couldn't write it fast enough. But you said something about how wouldn't they realize how they are feeling or something along those lines. I feel like sometimes... No, wouldn't they... Now saying like, wouldn't they realize like... Because I think for me, it was kind of like in my late 20s, I was like, everyone has issues. Um, like, I think at some point, if you open your eyes and become aware, you realize like everyone's got issues and everyone. Yes. Like, like that was what I was kind of saying. Like, wouldn't you realize at some point in your life that. Yes. I think they will realize, but because they are so used to it, they become desensitized to it. I don't know if that makes sense because that's why I noticed a lot of guys Mm -hmm. do like they sort of say that everyone is stressed. Right. So why should I talk about my stress? And that's what mm-hmm. I see happening with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. They are stressed. It's affecting their health. They, are, they look haggard. Like haggard. They don't even look tired. They look just like drooping. Um, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because I know that if they just had like a healthy conversation with their friend, it would really help. And an example of this was there was one point a few years ago, Nigel, uh, our mutual friend Nigel, was really, really <laughs> stressed with work. At that point in time, I just had gotten my driver's license and I told him, okay, Nigel, we are going to go out on a girl's night out. We always had this thing, like from when we were, from when we were kids, we, was, we would call it a girl's night out. And so I, would, I drove him, we drove to Sentosa Cove, which is this really posh beach area. We got Ben and & Jerry's and uh, chocolate 
and a, a bunch of snacks and we just sat down and talked and you know and I just heard you know his his pain and and you know I tried to give him perspective and encouraged him and we, it was just like two best friends hanging out and at the end of the day he felt so much better and I felt empowered that you know I could help my friend feel better and then mm-hmm. I sent him home and I went home and it was just a day where we spent maybe 80 bucks on food and rental on a, on a car but he felt better and I felt like a better friend you know what I mean like mm-hmm. but he was willing to take me up on that offer and I was willing to sort of do it for him and we knew that we wouldn't judge each other's pain or each other's positions you know mm-hmm. what I mean like like when I advised him he wouldn't see it that I was being too idealistic or anything like that sorry and- and like th- to that point, like, how do you get to the point where both of you recognize? And I think this not just the next episode is about love and like actual like relationships. But I'm just kind of asking, like, in a friendship, like, mm. at what point do you recognize that someone's not going to judge you for who you are or what what you're going through? Mm, I I was gonna because uh, I think that's kind of the yeah, fear, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. I, I was suspecting that you're going to ask this because it is it is a very pertinent question, right? So I think you you really don't know. So I my suggestion would be just do it. Just ask and then see what happens. Mm. It, because if they, if they give you a very nasty answer, you know that they're not your friend. Because even if they weren't comfortable, you can say it nicely, right? You can, you can have an adult conversation responsibly about it. But if they say like, oh, that's nice, but I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable. Then, you know, you can sort of have a conversation there as well. And then, you know, just say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm just worried. You, you're my friend. You know, I, I'm not trying to be sexual or trying to suggest that we go further than friends. I just want to make sure that you're okay. I just want us to hang out and have fun. We can do anything that you're comfortable with. Um, but if you're not comfortable, we don't, have, you, we don't have to do anything. It's just, I want you to know the offer is on the table. And I think that's mm. where guys get really weird because it's like so. I think they always say like, "Oh, it's so girly, Asri. It's so girly. Like only girls say that." I'm like, "Just do it. You will feel so much better." And who's judging? It's just you and your friend, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that you say it's girl. Like I think to that point, yes, girly. But before that, I think there's also a fear of being hurt or rejected when you kind of open up mm. to someone and then they kind of and what would you say to that though because I think that's probably the barrier it's not about trying because it's more about the risk of getting hurt and I guess that's that applies for any relationship honestly because I mean I've, I've been in positions where my best friend rejected me over something and that's that's why I knew they are my good friends. You know, what I mean, like they are good or my best friends because they they spoke it in a nice way. They 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 mm. tried to phrase it as best as possible. And even when they did not, they it never went like mean and dirty. You know what I mean? Like it never went mm. down in the mud. And let's say they did say something harsh, they always would like call back like maybe a day later or a couple of hours later. Like, hey, I'm. I'm really sorry about what happened. Like, can we talk about this? Like, I'm I'm really mm. sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I just was caught off guard. I feel like there there are always better ways of doing something. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, there's always ways. We all make mistakes, right? No one is perfect. Mm. Um, mm. and to your position about rejection, I think if they are really your friends, they will never reject you in a way that will hurt you, right? Even relationships, even relationships when a guy and a girl a guy says to a girl, hey, would you want to go out 
more than friends. And the girl, if the girl really cares about the guy, the girl will be like, hey, but you know, I really, really appreciate what you're saying, but I'm just so afraid that we lose mm. our friendship. Like for now, is it okay if we just hang out as friends? And you know, maybe in time I feel more comfortable, maybe we can try being an item. But for now, I'm not really ready. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the packaging. But do you think it's easier said than done though? Of course it's easier said than done. Hello? Like anything is easier said than done, right? Because like this whole, like, because I've heard like friends talk about like, oh, you know, the whole friend zoning thing. Mm. And it, I think that itself is hurtful or they feel rejected. So it's kind of like that statement makes them feel rejected that then shuts them off to saying anything more. Or they feel like if mm. they share anything, they can't progress into a, into a relationship, even if that might be on the cards in the future. And like, it's kind of like, if we're just friends and I tell her all my problems, it just becomes like, I can't be the hero. Like that's the whole hero instinct, like becoming mm. emasculated shit again. Um, and I th- like, there's this kind of, I don't know, it's like probably male psyche. And that's why probably girls... Like most of, to be fair, most of my close guy friends are gay, so I can't actually <laughs> comment on it. <laughs> but like, well. I'm just gonna say, like, well, there's a sign there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I don't think I chose it that way either. It's kind of like the few close friends that I have is just kind of people who are on the same wavelength as me, and I know that I won't be judged for it. But I, for me, it felt like it came over time. Like I. I recognized qualities in them that I saw in me that that allowed me to open up. But there are also friends I've known for years that I I don't feel comfortable talking about things because I'm just not at that stage with them. But yeah, I'm just kind of saying like it's kind of a bit catch twenty two. I think like yeah, and I, maybe it's the same thing with like guys and guys where even if you say like I'm not going to like shove you up on a wall and like whatever, make out but with you, make out with you, but. But I I don't know how you would overcome that. Like, how do you know? Like, how would you like overcome that mentality? You know, or when like, you, when you like... explain it, when you say it out, it makes me sound crazier and crazier because I realize, like, because you would say like it's a catch twenty two. It's crazy. It's difficult. It's easier said than done. And I'm recalling all my past instances, and I realize maybe that's why I scare people away because apparently I. I'm quite strong when it comes to this sort of thing because I've always been the, mm-hmm. the sort of guy that yeah okay like when I was fourteen the first move right like yeah when not I was, the first move but like yeah when I was ahead, fourteen sorry. I was like just teasing this girl and like you know she was screaming laughing just just having a great time and then we were just making fun of each other and then apparently this guy was it like crazy in love with the girl and threatened me like leave her alone and I'm like what. And then, like, in front of everybody, I just went to him. I'm like, can I talk to you after school? Can I call you? And he was like, oh, okay. So I called him and I was just telling him that, you know, can you please chill because I'm not interested in her. We're just talking, laughing, just just joking, you know. I know you love her. By all means, go ahead. I'm not interested in her in that way. And I think mm. that really, like, people sort of... We were 14 and here I was going towards, like, one of the most popular boys, guys in school and telling him, like, chill dude I'm not interested in your goal I'm just talking Mm. to her that's it and then when I was 16 I told this guy uh, he was an amazing amazing guy I really really loved hanging out with him and being friends with him and I told him that I really loved him as a friend oh my god that backfired like that backfired 
worse than 24th of July fireworks. Like, it, it, it got really bad. Like, he, he did not take it well. He took it horribly. Like, horribly. Was it because uh, he used the word love? I think so. I think so. But I, I, there was no way to explain it because I really loved mm. him. I didn't have many friends when I was 14. Mm. Out of all the friends I had, they were all girls. Out of all the girls, half of them were bitching about me behind my back. Whether online, blogging, whatever. He was the first guy that came to me, like, in my face and said, I'm so sorry for making fun of you. And I promise my best I will not do it again. Which 14-year-old comes to your face and apologizes for mistakes they've made? Like, how can you not love someone like that? Like, that's such a rare, rare individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very rare thing. Like, genuinely, come on, guys. Anyone who's listening, that's a 14-year-old, <laughs> a 14-year-old walking up to you in front of the entire class and telling the bullied kid on campus, I'm sorry for bullying you. I'm sorry for making fun of you. I promise to do my very best not to do it ever again. Like, my God, that's an amazing man. That is, that is a man in the strongest mm-hmm. sense of the word. And I, I was in love with him. He was the most amazing friend I could ever ask for. And when, just before we graduated, I told him I love him more than a friend. I know, but I told him that I know you're straight. But I just want to tell you that I love him more than a friend, but I'm not, I'm, nothing more, nothing more, nothing more than that. Just, I just want you to know. And he just unraveled. He just, he, I think something snapped in him. Okay, okay, okay. okay. To be fair, I probably scared him off. To be fair, I scared him off. But I, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, as, you, as you're talking about it, right? <laughs> like the, the, the word that came to mind was actually honesty. Like being mm. upfront or open and honest about how you're feeling which I don't think a lot of people are because people try to like hide or I'm guilty of that um like hide or do subtle things that that like the things like when when you say okay yes sorry no before I just wanted to interject something please don't feel like it's bad to hide your emotions because I think it's a very dangerous thing to reveal emotions and I'll explain that but please continue your thought no, that, that was what, what I was coming to. Is I don't think it's dangerous. I think it's kind of like you're putting yourself at risk at the fear of being rejected. And I think this is a theme that keeps coming up as we kind of un- unpack all the things we're talking about. It's kind of that fear of being rejected. And that's why people are not honest about it. But there's like a beauty in being upfront and honest about it. Um, and I th- I'm saying that, but sometimes it, it also means that you have to be sincere about it. I think some people kind of throw words without meaning it as well like there's Mm. kind of two spectrums of it um and when people are too honest and and i think that's probably where maturity comes in as well and if you like i think when people are honest about it some people fear and they run away because it feels too real and that comes with immaturity maybe and like if you're mature enough you understand where that person is coming from and you're more accepting of it so maybe it's it's kind of like being bold enough to step and not everyone probably can do that, but I think maybe you can do with a few people in your life where you can be honest Mm, and open about how you feel. Um, Because you know that you, you can be honest without being rejected or Mm. being, I I don't know, feeling weird about it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Yes, I think it's it comes with the risk, right? And as you said, it's the choices where am I willing to take this risk now or not? And which is why people just play games and like things around mm. with friendships, with relationships, with everything where they, they just don't want to feel say anything up front. Yeah, and I think media doesn't help because, you know, especially with love, right? Like they always say girls don't say the word love first because you'll scare the guy, stuff like that. And guys don't say love first because the girls will fall and be committed to you and you just want to screw around, you know? Like I think there's a lot of these kinds of perceptions or like, not perceptions, but like these sort of stereotypes that's uh, propagated by the media. And we, we are guilty of it, right? We sort of like, people, parents tell the kids kids tell each other among their friends and all that stuff but I just wanted to add it in about you know you brought up about emotions and honesty and I specifically feel that emotions are dangerous because I think that when you open up when you give that part of your heart to someone else they can mm. destroy you and no one talks about that um, it's it's not it's beyond heartache because sometimes like you show like especially for me maybe it's because I wear my heart on my sleeve I really mm. like when I I mean, Stephanie will know this, but when I really trust you and love you, I really tell you everything. Like, I I really don't want to keep any secrets because I feel like that's the kind of friendship I believe in. But I also know that it's the kind of thing that if I gave it to someone who decides to break my trust, they can destroy me, like, from every aspect because they know every facet of my life. Um, another thing that you brought up was honesty. I think for me, it was easier in the sense that I had a lot of tragedy as I grew up. And I know I always talk about bullying, but specifically mm-hmm. when I was 14, I lost my friend to a suicide. And I think that changed something in me. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought at 14 mm-hmm. I would have to say goodbye to a friend. I thought, like, goodbyes would just be like, oh, they go to another school. Oh, they would go somewhere else. I never thought that they would die. And so that made me think that, you know what, if I'm going to be embarrassed and ridiculed, it's fine. I I think the one thing I've always done until to this day is I always ask myself, if I died, like, after this call with Stephanie, would I regret anything? And that has always Mm. been what propelled me. Like, Mm. today, I was so tired to go and help out some kids I have with math. I was so tired. I just wanted to stay home. And I told myself, if I died today, would I regret that? And I said yes. And that sort of got me up and moving and stuff like that. So with those situations that, you know, I told people, like, guy friends, I love them, girlfriends, that I love them, that I miss them, that I, I want to see them. Yeah, you know, they can reject me, they can ignore me and stuff, and it will hurt me, but nothing will hurt as much as the regret I would feel at not telling them the truth. Because at least I know if all of these friends reject me and I die tomorrow, I would die in peace. Okay, whatever sins I have is between me and God or whomever you believe to be God. But, you know, that's between me and God. But at least with my friends, I've done my dues. I've got knows, I've texted first, I've called first, I've reached out first every single time. I, I don't have any regrets with that. But I'm pretty sure they will have regrets with me because... Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a mean, vitriolic way. Please don't, please understand that. I'm just saying that they will have regrets because you see that in funerals. And these are friends who have been to funerals as well because these are mutual friends that we have lost. And I think that's that's really nice what you said because that's the situation that changed how, like, not changed, but gave you a new perspective on actually mm. I need to cherish every moment with every person because you never know. And I think we all say that 
we all know that in theory, but we don't actually do yeah. it until it happens to us. And I think sometimes it's kind of like, it's hard for you to, if it's, if it's never happened to you, like people just kind of take it lightly um, and they don't like, I don't know. I can't put words together now. Like, if it if if you don't if never if if you've not experienced it where you've lost I'm a sorry. friend, did I break you? I'm so sorry. Yeah, you've broken me. No, I'm just saying. Like, I think you don't realize it until it happens to you personally, and you're like, I could have helped them at that mm. point in time. Like, there's sometimes where I'm emotionally drained, and like people, like my friends, might text me and I'm like, Do I really want to deal with this now? Because and I think sometimes, as you say, like we do that all the time where we try to put ourselves and be there for everyone draining ourselves. But if I and then it's kind of that feeling of if I didn't help them, who else would? And like then yeah. that would be a yeah. guilty conscience on me. And I think not everyone feels that way. But I think what you said about not like I think maybe we just need to keep reminding ourselves and each other that like in the next second, the next minute who knows what will happen like so kind of like living in the present and be like cherishing every person that you you love as a friend as a lover or as a whatever like mm. <laughs> now that we have to label every type of love that we have um mm. at the risk of being rejected at the risk of being heartbroken at the risk of being ridiculed because that's what happens like you're too keen you're too you're chasing them you're like there are all these labels yeah when actually to some people like like i i don't know like sometimes when you receive a text or some someone you you haven't heard from a long time it makes you feel better and especially when you're at a low point like i think people don't recognize those small things um and yeah i don't know what i'm saying but like i think it's the the fact that you need to cherish every time yeah and like it's okay like feeling confident enough to take that first move in whatever situation or making that first move even if you're the one always initiating um because you know that you're trying your best to make sure that everyone's kind of yeah anyway i understand i don't, I don't know what i was saying no, that i, I was like all over the place there but so you get what i was basically let, let uh, allow me to uh double check your point <laughs> so you are saying that sometimes some people require a personal experience to recalibrate and reshift their perspective is that what you're saying yeah and i think no or like they wait for that shift to happen yeah and i think a lot of us waste time waiting for that moment when we've seen all of those examples that happen like you said like the funerals the whatever the yeah. hospitals and and i think it's almost like you need to remind yourself every day yeah to to do that but that's the thing like i i i think i've always felt like why should we wait until tragedy strikes why do we wait until we get the call that someone has passed and we become complacent yeah, we become complacent. And, you know, I'm guilty of that too. You know, so I'm always trying to remind myself. And it's just like, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to make sure that no one has that regret. You know, I'm just trying mm. my best. And I think mm. that's why the book I, I made, you know, I wrote the character June because, you know, it was because like when he is sick, suddenly everyone is like trying to rally with him and like give him hugs and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, where were they at the start? Like, why is it like when he's like, like, all ill and stuff suddenly like Alex has to show up what happens to his friends so and then when he dies 
okay, I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything, but when he dies or whatever, suddenly like, oh, everyone is going to be like, all his friends are going to show up and regret like, oh, we weren't there enough for him and all that stuff. Why must we wait until tragedy strikes? Why can't we start now? And people say embarrassment, like you said, right? Fear of rejection or embarrassment. And I'm mm. like, that's a very little, small price to pay versus losing your friend forever. Because no amount mm. of embarrassment can bring someone back from the dead. No one. Mm-hmm. Unless you're mm-hmm. God or the angel of death. But, <laughs> right? You, you know what I mean? Like, and, and then I get, I get, I honestly feel very embarrassed because, you know, people will always say like, oh, I'm too idealistic or I'm too emotional about these kinds of things. I'm too invested. Like, uh, there was one time I got into an argument with my mom because I just verbally said that I miss my cousin because, you know, I haven't spoken to my cousin in so long and uh, we used to be like best friends and, you know, suddenly something happened and we just drifted apart and I really wanted to reconnect. And my mom was just like, ah, that's wishful thinking. It's never going to happen. Just let it go. I'm like, oh, and then suddenly when he dies and then suddenly like I'm the asshole for not meeting him. You know, like that's always how they spin it. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I go back to damned if you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, damned yeah. If you don't. And I think we're, we're, we live in a society where I think you just get labels for everything. Um, no matter what you do, you're going to get a label of something. Um, and I think to your point, it's kind of how do you like, you can just kind of like you, you can, I think you can overcome that fear of rejection by telling yourself, like, if I don't do this now, will I regret it? And I think, as you said, that's probably the question, like, what if something happens tomorrow? And Mm -hmm. I think, it's hard to constantly remind yourself of that because I think death is a concept that people struggle with or yeah, like yeah, are scared yeah. of it itself. Um, but I think it, it starts with that, right? Like I think many a times we, we don't send that text or we don't call that friend because of a fear of seeming too keen, seeming too whatever. Um, uh, and like, Oh, uh, being too emotional, being this, being that, like, it's easier to it's easy to throw labels at things rather than actually doing it but actually it feel but then they actually appreciate when you do it anyway at the end of the day because they it makes them feel better so i think like i like i think it's if i were to say a last few words before i pass it on to azri to wrap it up but like if if we take the initiative to reach out to people mm. um without it, it's it's knowing the fear of they can dismiss us they can reject they can label us but you know you've done your best to reach out and try and help them and try to build that friendship um or whatever form of relationship that is um because i think every one of us are looking for support from each other yeah yeah um whether we want to admit it or not like i think for a long time i never admitted it like i was like i can deal with this myself we Mm. we 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 don't want to admit it because we want to seem self-sufficient we want to seem independent Mm. um and I think it's kind of coming to that reality of everyone needs everyone and yeah. you can find your own people who are going to support you. So if you want to build that relationship with anyone or friendship with anyone, then take that first step, cherish every moment. Like if you're, as you said, like, even if you're going to be busy, let that person know, like know that you're in their minds and that kind of thing. So any last few words from Yes. Uh, basically, I just want to say oh, that although... Although, although I said that, you know, I always ask myself, if I died today, would I regret it? 
I mm. am in no way less afraid of death. I'm super afraid of dying. Uh, I have no idea what's on the other side. And based on my religious upbringing, I'm apparently going straight to hell. So <laughs> I am very afraid. But I still try to use that as a concept so that I always try to do the best every single day. Um, or rather to the best of my ability. I try to do the best of my ability every single day. But my final thoughts would be like, straight guys out there, if you guys have guy friends who approach you and they are gay or they are not gay, just enjoy them. You know what? If you have gay friends, that's like the best thing ever. You know why? Because if you go out on a date with a girl, you're always going to be dressed well because your gay friend is always going to help you out. Mm-hmm. And if a straight guy has a problem with his or his girlfriend, Guess what? The gay friend will always be there to save the day because they can always understand your girlfriend better than you ever can. So, if you're straight and you're worried about a gay friend hitting on you, just understand they just want to be your friend. They just want to be part of your life. They know you're straight. They're not dumb. Trust me, they know. But they just want to be there. They want to be a part of your life. They want to love you as a friend. So, yeah. And to every guy out there who, you know, is trying to be closer with their friends, just... Just try it. Just be like me. Just be embarrassed for five seconds. Just just tell yourself to have courage for five seconds. Just five seconds. Hey, you want to hang out? That's it. And then see what happens from there. And hopefully you guys will have a better friendship. Who knows? And if you're lonely, please hit me up because I'm very lonely. I only have Stephanie right now. Everyone else is busy, busy, busy. I'm not doing enough my due diligence to support him. <laughs> she is, but you know, I always will appreciate like a dinner face-to-face right now with COVID. If yeah. you're in Singapore, you're bored, find me. Yeah. At, Azri. at Miss Kal Azri. Miss Kal Azri, sorry. <laughs> at Miss Kal Azri. So, yep. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, yeah, so all jokes aside, I think, hope you enjoyed this episode. We've been all over the place. I think this whole series, we've gone a bit this like series has been. free... Yeah. free spirit like we we have a few points that we've written down but at the same time we never follow them we just go all over the place so yeah. we apologize for the randomness but hopefully you've gotten some things out of it and hopefully you relate to them um so follow us on instagram and facebook at underscore blurred thoughts follow azri if you want to be friends with him <laughs> at miss <Ms>. follow azri <laughs> oh and my god follow we'll stephanie stephanie.jogakumar no, the, the, no. Oh. I don't have that Insta oh. handle. Oh. <laughs> this is how much I've been this Instagram, guys. Yeah, um, I'm really so, anyway. Instagram. Thank you we so much, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. As always, I keep waving. I'm so sorry. 